0: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football CU Podcast. This is Andrew, and today we're going to go over week 13. It's almost the Fantasy Football Playoffs. We have two weeks left, including this week. We'll also um, discuss that Thursday night game, which was really fun, really entertaining. But first, as we always have to do with anything in life, what we need to do is start with the Word of God. So today we're going to look at the book of Philippians, and we're going to go to Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Oh, that one's a tough one. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know how I can do that. Do everything without complaining or arguing. I try to, um, to the best of my ability, to not complain and grumble and argue and whine but man to do everything without complaining or arguing that right there is perfect peace that is having peace in everything you do that's something to strive for for sure all right now for that thursday night game man that one was so much fun i thought it was going to be a competitive football game um I didn't think the Seahawks were going to win going in, and for a little bit it looked like they were, but I didn't think the Cowboys were going to just walk all over them like they were projected to, and like they kind of were most of the teams this year, but if you looked at their schedule, when the Cowboys played a team with a winning record and that were a good team, it wasn't a walkover, and honestly they lost some of those games as well, so I thought this was going to be competitive, and it truly was. For the Seahawks, Geno Smith had the best game of his career, possibly. Um, DK Metcalf, if you're playing against DK Metcalf like I am in two really competitive leagues, man, my heart goes out to you because that was insane. Three touchdown catches just went off for over 30 points. And man, I I didn't even realize that I was playing against him in two leagues till after the game. I was like, oh, great. Now I'm in a huge hole that I might not be able to come back from. And also, Zach Sharp and I looked great as well. I had a feeling that he was going to do a little bit better than anticipated. I kind of posted that on the X. Um, I thought that he might get a few touches in the red zone, maybe get in the end zone, get a few catches, and he had that. He only had one catch, but it was big for 39 yards. He almost scored on that play, too. He looked really good, unfortunately. Fortunately though he did hurt his knee. Don't doesn't sound serious but we'll have to keep an eye on for um their next game against the 49ers next week which is just insane that they got to play them again. Um but JSN also played really well. He should have scored. I don't I don't know if that catch should have been overturned. It was close. It was close. I was kind of on the feeling that since it was called a touchdown, it should have stayed a touchdown, but it, it was close. You can't argue either way they decided on there, um, but Tyler Lockett didn't really show up. I was kind of concerned about that. I might have to look at that going forward, and for the Cowboys, Dak Prescott looks amazing. He's been the best quarterback in fantasy for the past like month or two um and it's because of cd lamb as well he is just insane he's getting like 14 targets a game getting 12 catches and a touchdown it, I don't. of there's like maybe two or three receivers you would start over cd Lamb right now and that's that might be a little too generous jake ferguson looked good as well and brandon cooks has been playing better he he's probably a good flex starter from here on out Um, and tony pollard is starting to get in the end zone as well that whole offense is clicking it's in really good rhythm all right now let's get into the sunday slate for week 13 we're going to start with the colts and the titans for the colts Jonathan Taylor is going to miss this game, and he might miss the next game as well. He's having surgery, I believe, on his thumb, and he's going to be out two, possibly three weeks. So this is going to be the Zach Moss show. I picked him up in DFS. He's really cheap because they haven't really updated the cost, um, and the Titans were the, was the team that he played the best against earlier this season when JT was out. Um, so I felt really confident and just plugging him in and... Just enjoying all the points he's going to get you um, and having confidence that it's going to just continue on throughout the whole game. I know the Titans defense is normally um, really good against the run, but they've been kind of middle of the pack, playing better of late, but Zach Moss just had his best game of the year against them earlier in the season, so I have confidence in him this week. Um, and Michael Pittman Jr., of course, has been playing great. But I think this could be a big Josh Downs game. Um, the Titans usually fairly weak against the slot, and that's where he likes to live. So I plug him in as a solid wide receiver, too. And for the Titans, Malevis really hasn't looked all that great ever since his first start, where he threw three touchdown passes to Hopkins. Ever since then, it's been kind of Eh looks like a rookie which is fine I mean you don't expect him to be Peyton Manning right when he joins his first season so um he has some growing pains to do but I think he is um I think he's solid for the future for the Titans he's he's going to be their quarterback but for right now their offense doesn't look all that great so you're starting Derrick Henry that's about it Derrick Henry should have some success this week next up we have the Chargers and the Patriots This is a game of two disappointing teams this year. For the Chargers, Keenan Allen is a little dinged up, but I think he'll give it a go, Um, and if he doesn't, good luck picking a receiver there, because Quentin Johnston has just not been it. I don't know what's wrong with that guy. He might be in his head, doesn't have any confidence at the moment, I'm not sure, but he just drops too many passes, and he just doesn't perform well. And Palmer's still going to be out. I think he's still in IR for one or two more weeks. And I mean, maybe if you want to put Jalen Guyton in there, you have a little confidence in him. He's played okay. But other than him, if Keenan Allen doesn't play, this offense is going to run through Eckler and Eckler alone. So hopefully for those Herbert managers out there, hopefully Keenan Allen plays because he is a top five wide receiver. If he plays, you're plugging him in and you're happy about it for the Patriots, it's going to be the Bailey Zappy show. Um don't know if that's better or worse or the same for the Patriots as it would have been for Mac Jones, but the biggest thing here is Pop Douglas, Mario Douglas is going to be out. So they really don't have a lot of weapons on offense. Juju might play more and that's great. Um they're Tight ends probably be more involved, Hunter Henry and Mike Kosecki. What I think is probably going to happen is it's going to be Ramondre Stevenson early and often. He's probably going to get 20 to 30 maybe even touches um, with rushes and receptions. It's going to be him. It's going to be Zeke, and that's what they're going to focus on. They're going to try to play um, smash-mouth football, keep the ball on the ground, moving, dink and dunk, short passing game, nothing nothing really – excessive down the field or dangerous throws and they're going to play good defense against the chargers and try to eke out a win even though it doesn't really matter anymore i think they might even be eliminated from the playoffs already i'm not sure but it's not looking good for their offense unless you have Ramondre stevenson next up this will be a fun game lions and the saints for the lions will start there Um, Their running back room is fantastic. You're starting Gibbs and Montgomery every single week and feeling happy about it. The Saints' run defense is pretty good. So if you had to pick one over the other, you're probably picking Gibbs because of his passing game work because I don't really believe Montgomery's going to get a lot of um, yards per carry this week. He'll still get his volume. He'll still get touches in the red zone, but he'll get like 10 carries, 15 carries for like 40, 50 yards and maybe a touchdown um but but for gibbs he'll get a few um catches a few targets out of the backfield so he has a higher floor and a probably a higher ceiling as well than montgomery does um and alma Rosse brown is one of the best receivers in the game you're loving him and sam laporta i think is gonna have a big game this week especially since um for Amon raw and for laporta it sounds like the saints best corner, Lattimore, is going to be on IR. So their pass defense might be a little bit suspect. The run defense is still solid, but their pass defense might be a little suspect this week. And for the Saints, this is going to be interesting because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. I think Chris Olave is going to give it a go. I think he's going to play. He's going to be cleared from that concussion, I believe. It's looking that way right now. But Shahid's going to be out. Um, so that means... Other than Olave, they're going to be targeting two guys. Taysom Hill, of course, and I think it's going to be Juwan Johnson. He could be a sneaky play. I have him in my DFS lineup again this week. Um, A.T. Perry could be another dart throw sleeper, maybe in deeper leagues. He might get a few end zone targets. He's a, he's a big body, and um, he's athletic. But I think it's going to be Chris Olave, Taysom Hill, and Juwan Johnson. Of course... Um, Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, and he's going to get all the all the love like he always does. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do with all the injuries they're having to deal with. The next up, there's 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 six teams on a bye this week, which is difficult. Um, there's the Raiders, the Vikings, the Ravens, and that's just the name of a few. And those are the biggest teams out there um, with the most fantasy players on it. I mean, week thirteen is just going to be what they call Bye mageddon because of the um, premier talent that are on by this week. Um, so there's not as many games to go over, and you're probably having to start some guys you normally don't because of by mageddon um, The next game we have up is the Falcons and the Jets. For the Falcons, it looks like finally, we're hoping this is true, we're praying this is true, finally Bijan Robinson has been unlocked. Arthur Smith, finally understands, hey, if I really want to win games, maybe this guy needs to get 20 plus touches. I think that's going to continue. I have faith in him. Not so much with anyone else really, especially in this matchup. Drake London's going to get the Sauce Gardner treatment. He has been playing in the slot more, Drake London has, so um, Sauce doesn't cover the slot very much, but still. Don't feel confident in him. Don't really feel confident in our tight ends, but The Jets are a little bit leaky and weaker against the run, especially with running backs out of the backfield getting targets. So I think Bichon could be in for a huge day, and especially since the Jets, you don't anticipate them really getting a lead, a big lead at least, not scoring a lot of points. So the Falcons should be able to run their offense the way they want, which is getting Bichon the ball early and often, along with their other running backs. They just want to focus on the ground. So Cordell Patterson will get some touches. Tyler Algier will get a good amount of touches. But Bijan will lead this backfield. And for the Jets, um, looks like it's going to be Tim Boyle again for now. Um, The big news is Aaron Rodgers is cleared I-R. He's back to practice. I really don't think he's really going to play unless the Jets get on a winning streak in week 15, week 16, that range they have a shot at the playoffs, like a legitimate shot, where if they went out, they're in, then maybe he'll play. But I really don't think he will, because I don't think the Jets are going to be really in it. Um, but for them this week, you love Brees Hall. Um, he's going to get a lot of run, maybe some targets out of the backfield. The Falcons' defense is decent, but it's not the best. Garrett Wilson should be okay, mainly with volume. That's about it. You're not really trusting downfield throws, and you kind of have to start those two guys this week, especially since it's by Week. That's about it for the Jets. It's not looking pretty for their offense. The next up, we have the Cardinals and the Steelers. For the Cardinals, Kyler Murray looks okay. He's a little out of rhythm, a little rusty, which is understandable. He's been gone forever. Um, James Conner kind of concerns me. He hasn't really been getting enough volume. But especially out of the backfield, he's not getting targets. It's been Michael Carter. So James Conner is kind of a flex play right now, unfortunately. He's kind of like a flex hope to get in the end zone. He still gets 15-ish touches, but not many targets. Marquise Brown has been looking better, though. So you have confidence in him. Steelers' defense is good, but, you know, all you have is Marquise Brown. And Trey McBride is kind of dealing with a little bit of an injury. I don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, he, he says he's going to give it a go, but he's not going to be 100%. So it might be Marquise Brown being the main guy there. And for the Steelers, their offense moved the ball last week. They had over 400 yards, but they still only scored, I think, 16 points. So you're hoping that changes, and it very well could this week with this matchup. Cardinal Stevens is one of the worst in the league. So fire up Deontay Johnson, maybe even George Pickens. Um, But definitely those running backs, they are splitting the carries almost down the middle, splitting touches down the middle between Najee and Jalen Warren. So you should have confidence that they're both about RB2 flex plays with a little bit of upside because Najee has a higher touchdown opportunity and Jalen Warren gets more targets out of the backfield. So they're both solid RB2 flex plays. Then next up, we have the Dolphins and the Commanders. This is going to be an interesting game. Everyone, everyone is expecting the Dolphins to just destroy the Commanders and score a ton of points. And I'm always a little bit concerned when everyone is feeling that way because normally it kind of opposite happens. I mean, look at the Cowboys and Seahawks this week. Everyone thought Seahawks didn't stand a chance. and They almost won that game. I'm not saying the Commanders are going to be um, in close range to win, but I'm fearing that the Dolphins offense is not going to score 50 points like everyone's projecting. I think they'll be fine, but that always concerns me when Everyone is on the same page. But for the Dolphins, um, Tyreek is just probably going to get open early and often, so he's probably going to push for 150 yards this week, and he might break that 2,000-yard record for this season he has a chance to he has to get about 120 130 yards a game in that range i believe and he very well has opportunity if he stays healthy but the biggest storyline here is their running back room i think that they're going to give all three guys a decent workload i think Mostert will be the quote-unquote starter i think that a-chan will be kind of the number two and be more targeted out of the backfield and have those um, outside zone, outside the numbers, um, rushes, and targets. And I think Jeff Wilson Jr. will be involved with a mixture of Mostert's game and A-chan's game. So um, as far as who can you start, Mostert and A-chan you feel okay about, but the difficulty is I think they're going to split it enough that I don't know if either one of them is going to get enough volume to really be like a stud RB1 this week. Now saying that, before when they're um, all healthy and most Mostert and HN both got about 14 to 16 touches, they both crushed it at the beginning of the year, so that very well could happen. But I've always been a little concerned when a running back doesn't get a good amount of volume and they split with someone else. Um, just look at last year with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They both were solid RB2s, but not really that RB1 potential because they got in each other's way. I fear that could be the case for Mostert and Achan, but they're both so explosive that they have high ceilings. Um, so they could boom for you, but they also could kind of Bust in the manner of speaking because of the amount of touches they get, and if they don't score, they'll be like 12 to 14 points. You're like, alright, that was fine. Um, but they will kind of get in each other's way unless they score touchdowns, which they very well could this week against the commanders. For the commanders, I'm kind of worried about Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Donson because they spread the ball out so much, and with Jalen Ramsey playing so well. He's going to be on the outside covering those two, so I think this could be a sneaky Curtis Samuel week. He could be a good um, DFS play I have in one of my lineups. Could be a sneaky guy to look into this week, because Sam Howell just passes the ball all over the place, and you have to believe that they're going to be kind of trailing in this game. So Curtis Samuel might be the guy this week. Next up, we have the Broncos and Texans. This could be a sneaky good game. Broncos are on a... Five Game winning streak, I believe, which is crazy to think that they were one and five at one point. They were one and five at one point. Now they're six and five. That's crazy to think. Um, but for the Broncos, what I'm looking at here is I think their offense should be able to move the ball a little bit better this week than they kind of have been the previous weeks. Texans defense doesn't really scare you. Um, and Cortland Sutton's been their guy. As far as red zone target, he's been getting touchdowns left and right. Jerry Jerry Judy is fine. He's been getting more of the in-between the numbers, um, the big chunk plays, but not really the red zone targets. Um, But their main guy they want to focus on is Javante Williams. They want him to have the ball early and often. If you were patient with him and you drafted him, he is now a solid RB2 with RB1 upside. I have with him um, this year because I just didn't I didn't want a running back drafted that I have to sit for five, six weeks before he really um, busted out, so to speak. But now he has. So if you drafted him, you can plug him in your lineup and you're happy about it. And Russell Wilson's been playing pretty well. Um, his numbers have been sneaky good, kind of better than like a Patrick Mahomes in some statistics, which is crazy. So he's a, he could be a good start this week. And for the Texans... Sounds like Dalton Schultz might miss this game, so um, that's one. It's one guy um, that is going to get rid of his target share, which will mean the wide receivers are going to get more targets, which is awesome. Um, the Broncos secondary is pretty decent, so that does concern you just a little bit, but not enough where you're even moving the receivers down at all. Nico Collins, Tank Dell. Noah Brown sounds like he's going to play. Even Robert Woods might be a sneaky flex play. You can kind of put all four of them in your lineup because this offense is on fire. And Devin Singletary also you want to start because the Broncos run defense has been kind of suspect. I don't trust Damien Pierce yet until you see it again. He was limited last week. I think the touches will kind of be more split this week between him and Singletary, but Singletary's looks so good. You can't bench Singletary, but You kind of have to bench Pierce. Next game we have is the Panthers and the Buccaneers. For the Panthers, um, Adam Thielen had a really, really bad game last week, but I think this week he's going to get back on track, get 10 to 15 targets, probably catch 8 to 10 um, balls, and really just ball out for you, so to speak. He's probably going to get like 90 yards, maybe one or two touchdowns because what else did the Panthers have? They have nothing else. Drew Weber, fine, but the Buckner's run defense is pretty solid, so I don't expect him to do a whole lot. So it's Adam Thielen, and that's about it for the Panthers. They need to get back to the drawing board this offseason, need to figure something out, because they don't have their first-round pick. It's going to the Bears. That I don't know what they're going to do. They I think they have a good amount of cap space, so maybe they can add some free agents, but they have a lot of holes. They need a lot of help. And for the Buccaneers, um, I think they're, they're going to be very balanced this week because the Panthers defense is not great. It's fine, but it's not great. So I think they're going to run the ball fine. They're going to pass the ball fine. So any of your Buccaneers um, offensive weapons, Rashad White, Mike Evans, even to a lesser extent Chris Godwin, fire them up and you feel pretty decent about it. Next game is another sneaky key game here browns and rams are both fighting for playoff spots for the browns joe flacco season baby i i'm kind of excited for that honestly especially for um amari cooper shares i put him in my dfs lineup this week mainly because if you think about last year when joe flacco was with the jets first few games he started he targeted garrett wilson early and often I feel like this could be the similar situation with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper might get involved so much this game because Joe Flacco focuses on one guy. Who's my best player? Oh, okay, Amari Cooper. Let's make sure I get him the ball. Seems like a fairly simple equation there. I feel like that could happen here as well, and this Browns offense might be able to move the ball a little bit better because he is a solid quarterback who knows how to read defenses. And for the Rams... Um, I i don't know. I'm really concerned about Cooper Cup and Puka They have not done anything in a long time. And this week, they're going up against one of the best defenses in the league. But there's a, there's a glimmer of hope here. Denzel Ward, the Browns' best corner, is not going to play this game. He's out. So the Rams might be able to move the ball through the air. Probably better than they run the ball against this stout Browns D, Browns D- line. So, in saying all that, I think Cooper Cup and Pukunuku might be involved a little bit more this week, more the short game because um, that that Browns pass rush is just insane. They have Cedarius Smith, and of course, they have Mr. Defensive Player of the Year candidate on the other side, Miles Garrett, who cannot be blocked he just cannot be blocked so um they matthew savert's not gonna have that much time their offensive line isn't that great anyway so he's gonna dump it off he's gonna um get it to puka on those little short curl routes and option routes and cooper cup you know going across the field on those little short crossing routes and slants so i think they could get a ton of targets this week even a lot of yards but that's fine for ppr get it get us eight nine catches 70 80 yards maybe a touchdown and we're happy that's all we need right now with um Pukeniku and cooper cup and then next up this is the game of the century this is what i mean i can't anticipate it not being the nfc championship game going forward the 49ers and eagles this is going to be a high scoring game i believe for the 49ers you can probably fire up all of those guys. Brock Purdy is a good play this week. He's in my DFS lineup. Brandon Ayuk is probably going to get loose for a few bombs. Debo Samuel is going to get a lot of targets and some rush out the backfield. Christian McCaffrey might have a lower running game, game this week because the Eagles defensive front is pretty stout. But he's Christian McCaffrey. He's going to find holes and is going to be involved out of the backfield. And even George Kittle. What's one of the things that you do with the Eagles? You start your tight ends against the Eagles. And you know, George Kittle is good for probably a 50 yard touchdown this game because it's just that's the 49ers offense. They get you confused, move things around, and then boom, a seam is wide open down the middle. It's George Kittle. Brock Purdy finds him for a 40, 50 yard touchdown. It's bound to happen. This is going to be such a fun game. And for the Eagles, um, you're happy about all those guys as well. Jalen Hurts top two or three quarterback this week. DeAndre Swift will be involved. He's not really getting involved out of the passing game as much lately, but he's still going to be the um, bulk share of the carries. A.J. Brown is going to be the focal point of the 49ers defense, but he's still A.J. Brown. He's still going to get involved. A big sneaky one here is DeFonte Smith. I think he could be in for another big boom game because of the um, of the just focus the defense is going to give to A.J. Brown. So Devontae Smith will get the secondary focus, and the Eagles are going to have to move the ball and score, so he can have another big boom game. This is going to be so fun. The next game, we have the Chiefs and the Packers. For the Chiefs, is Rashid Rice the real deal? He finally showed out last week, but was that because of the receivers that were hurt that missed this game? They missed like two or three guys? Or... Is that where rise balled out because he's going to be the guy? It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And the Packers defense doesn't scare you, so he could ball out again. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be something to watch. Is he the guy, or is he just a guy? It's a huge possibility either way there. And for the Packers, um, this could be a sneaky romeo dobbs game because christian watson is their best receiver so mcduffie is going to cover him and normally he pretty much shuts down the majority of the guys he sees he's been beat a few times but normally he makes sure that receiver does not go off and if christian watson is covered well you gotta believe the packers are gonna to have to move the ball through the air because Aaron Jones is out this game, AJ Dillon is okay, so you don't anticipate them being able to run the ball much, Jalen Reed is also dinged up, he's not 100%, so who else do they have? Romeo Dobbs, I believe he's going to be in the slot, kind of getting those quick slants, getting those short curl routes, I think he'll be involved, get a lot of targets, and he's been involved in the red zone as well, he's one of the highest red zone targets in the league right now, So he could be a sneaky good play, especially with Aaron Jones out and Christian Watson being covered by McDuffie. And then lastly, Monday night game, Bengals and Jaguars. Man, for the Bengals, you feel so bad for this offense. It's been been through so much this year with the Joe Burrow injury at the beginning of the year, and then them getting off to a slow start, finally getting things together, and then Joe Burrow, Hurts his wrist, and he's done for the year. It's just, it's hard to see. Um, But for their offense, T. Higgins sounds like he's going to play, but you don't feel super confident in that. Jamar Chase, you have to start because he is Jamar Chase. So talented. And I think like last week, he's going to be involved in that short passing game, so he's going to get 10 targets and maybe 8 catches for short yardage, but still 8 catches, 7 yards, 15 points happy about that he's not going to have the high ceiling like he used to have with joe burrow but his floor is extremely high because they have to move the ball and he's their guy you don't feel very confident in this offense as a whole though so joe mixon you kind of have to start him especially with six teams on a bye so uh, it's just it's not going to be great because the jaguars defense what they're going to want to do is stop their run game and make that quarterback beat them and I don't know if he can. So it's you're not super excited about Joe Mixon or T. Higgins especially, but you kinda have to start majority of those guys because of the high week that we have and where you drafted them at. And for the Jaguars, what's interesting here is two weeks in a row, Zay Jones has been back and this offense has played so well strange that he might be the catalyst i don't know we'll see if he is this week again but i i'm kind of on that spectrum now on that side that with say jones in this offense is legit trevor lawrence is going to play much better with say jones in calvin ridley is going to play so much better with say jones in christian kirk will be downgraded a little bit but his floor still fine just maybe lower his ceiling um, but so far, two weeks, Say Jones in, this offense has looked great. So I feel confidence in it going forward, even in this matchup, especially in this matchup, because the Bengals defense doesn't really scare you that much. So um, you can fire those guys up and feel confident about it. Okay, now that's enough about fake football. Now, let's get real. And today, I wanted to talk about work ethic. And we're going to first go to the Word of God for this. Um, We're going to start with Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work heartily. as for the Lord and not for men. Not for your bosses, not for your co-workers, but focus on what you're doing. Focus for the Lord because He gave you that career. He gave you that job. He has you there for a reason. Um, Proverbs 16.3. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established because he put you there. It's his plan that you're there. And if you commit every energy you have to him, it will work out well. It will flourish. And Proverbs 10, 4, a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. So we want to we wanna really make sure, especially us as Christians, that our work ethic is Top of the line. Um, I know for me, myself, everywhere I've been, as far as job, career, whatever I've had, I've made sure I've had the best work ethic that I could give. And because of that, I've been in line everywhere I go for management, for more responsibility, for more trust. And that's not because I'm smarter than anyone that I'm more capable than anyone, that I'm more talented than anyone, and that's nothing like that. It's because of my work ethic. I have the trust of my superiors, of the people I work for, because they know that I will give it my all, and I will do the best that I can. Um, I'm always at work early as well. For example, every time I need to be at work at 8, I will be there at the office or at my establishment, wherever I'm working, 7.45 in that range. And that just shows um, your bosses, the people you work for, that hey, you're dedicated to this job. You're always earlier on time, um, and they can trust that you're not gonna show up late. And to um, back that up as well, that you're not gonna miss work, I hardly ever call it. I wanna make sure that my work ethic is something that can be trusted Because I'm a Christian and I want to show God's love in everything that I do. And that includes the job he's given me. Um, And I've had some difficult jobs. I've been in retail for 10 to 15 years of my career life. And if you're in retail or if you've been in retail before, you know that sometimes that is one of the hardest jobs. That being a waiter, those, those are jobs I think everyone should have at least once because it really shows you... Um, just customer service and being diligent and having um, strong will and having the ability to fight through some really difficult circumstances. I've worked at Walmart. I've worked at Hobby Lobby. I've dealt with some really difficult situations where customers are just extremely upset for whatever reason. Um, They want to um, just find you to complain about anything that they need to, and you have to have a happy face, understand, and provide them with whatever resource they need because that's part of the job. And sometimes, especially when you're exhausted during the holidays like it is now, you don't have that in you, but you have to find it. And showing that work ethic can really make a difference in someone's life because if you think about that person that's complaining and arguing and, sh- and just showing a lot of bad attitude. Maybe they had a really difficult day or their situation is awful in their home life right now. And you're showing them grace, happiness, joy, and understanding. That could have been the first time they've gotten that. So if you're in the retail, retail world, make sure you show that to everyone you meet, even when you don't have it. Um, but work ethic in the work field is huge Um, and if you're like me and you've been in retail it's not easy also work ethic in the home is vital as well if you're by yourself you're not with anyone then take pride in taking care of your home making sure it's clean organized whatever needs to be done um, and enjoy it while you do it Work for the Lord, not for man, not for yourself, not for friends that might come over. Make sure you're saying, okay, I want to do this for the Lord. And that is your motivation. And then if you're like me, and if you're married, what I always want to do, make sure I want to do, is give good service to my wife. She works as just like I do. She works very hard, and I don't want her to do more than me in the home as far as cleaning and as far as organizing take care of the house i want to show her how much i love and adore by service by taking care of things so she can relax it's part of being a man of the house in my personal opinion and part of a good work ethic so for example um the dishes i i on the a majority of the time do dishes more than she does and i'm happy to admit that And it's nothing negative on her It's just I want to make sure I'm taking care of things so she can relax. I'm doing the cat box. We have six cats here. We have three cat boxes. It's insane. But I make sure I take care of those more often than she does so she doesn't have to. And so I can be of good service to her and um, take care of God's daughter, not grumbling or complaining while I'm doing it and not doing these um, chores, so to speak, So I can show off and so I can say, hey, I did that. Um, And also not doing them kind of half job, kind of just going through the motions. No, doing them well so she doesn't have to go behind my back and do it again because I didn't do it well. Nothing like that. Giving it my best of my ability, not complaining because doing it for my wife, making sure she can relax, good service to her, but most importantly, doing it for God, doing it for God's daughter. He gave me responsibility for her. He has trust that I can take care of her. And I want to make sure I can honor that. And I can honor him in that. So having a good work ethic at work, at your professional career, and at home is vital, guys. Can't stress that enough. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining in this week. Um, if you have any questions, you can find my website fantasyfootballcu.com. Join our free forum. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Also, have a prayer list on that website. Be happy to pray for you. Um, and we also have some fantasy football training. If you need some help in your league, or if you're looking into next year, lots of courses with membership where I can join in live, look at your team, give you some advice, give you some pointers. And you can find me on Twitter, Fancy See you without any vowels. I'm happy to answer any questions there as well. Thank you guys so much. See you next week. God bless you.